Uh, I want to go right to our next panelist. Uh, we have uh, Victor Marks with us today, and I'm so excited to have, have uh, Victor. I got a chance to go to Mexico with him uh, right around Christmas and uh, take Christmas gifts down to some of the migrant camps down there. Some of the children that are just stuck in these migrant camps, they got nothing. And uh, I, I want to tell you, Victor Marks is uh, one of the most humble and generous men that you'd ever hope to meet. And I know that because I've seen him donate money to causes that are, are needy, needy causes, needy people, and not want any of the glory, not, not want anybody to know that it was him that was given the money. And, and that's an impressive uh, guy, if you ask me. So, uh, Victor, are you on with us? Can you hear it? Yep. Can All you right, hear me? There he is. All right. <laughs> well, Chuck, thanks for such a kind introduction. And uh, maybe you're referring to that $5 I loaned you for gas. You, you, you got to pay me back. Yeah, oh, okay. I got to pay you back on that. <laughs> no, good morning. I, man, I appreciate each word that's been brought this morning. And uh, uh, General, good to see your mug again. Just saw you at Ignite not long ago. It's funny how we keep bumping in each other. On, yeah, uh, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, on these events, uh, I'll tell you, I'm encouraged by what y'all are saying this morning. I think it's all timely and needed uh, because of the unique situation we're in. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd first just like to say in, in the realm of kind of enduring and being tough and prepared, I think the church, the Christian church in America has fallen pretty short of making that a balanced part of the uh, the fullness of scripture um, because of, I don't know, maybe culture, maybe the way the machine of Christianity runs in America, but uh, definitely pastors have definitely forgotten the benefits of preparation and encouraging uh, men to, to embrace hardship because we're promised it. I mean, it was the Lord himself that promised us suffering. And, Maybe for me, it's more acute because, you know, these last five, six years, I've, I've spent so much time overseas. Uh, you know, I think uh, now we're somewhere around 14 pumps into Iraq or Syria, northern Africa, uh, even the West Bank, Ramallah, and 70 missions and dealing with persecuted Christians and persecuted minorities. And you'd see that reality there because of ISIS. And, um, and I remember we had a group of Christians that were persecuted by ISIS hiding out. And it was an Islamic imam that actually brought me to them. Uh, they brought me, he brought me to them and he said, this isn't right. Because they were all hiding in a, uh, in a really horrible situation. And, and uh, he said, these are your people. You need to get them out. And then he asked me this. He says, where, where are the Christians of America helping the Christians here? And again, this is, a, this is an imam who actually signed the PhD for uh, al-Baghdadi. And, um, you know, we had that conversation. He said, well, he's gone off the rails, uh, and it's evil what he's doing. 
but you could tell he had a sense of regret being an older in, influencer in Islam of, of what uh, ISIS had become and done. But, you know, the only thing I could tell him, because he was truly asking me, because, you know, we're, we're all the Christians in America helping the persecuted Christians here. And I said, I think most of us are afraid. And, um, you know, all we see is what's on the news and heads being cut off and, and all that. And I think that's another part that the body of Christ and the teachers, I mean, I want to lay a lot of responsibility on those who step in the pulpit that have been given and tasked the gift of teaching and equipping the body of Christ. They've left out persecution, suffering, enduring hardship, embracing it. Uh, and now here's our time of need. So I, I really do think that, just like you said, General, this is a great time for men. Uh, I mean, we've never been in a place like this. It's a time for men to step up. And I love Winston Churchill's quote. He says, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they're figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered a chance to do a very special thing. It's unique to them, fitted to their talents. But what a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. So men watching, now's the time. I mean, there, there is no, you, you have to step up. And if you don't feel prepared and if you feel unqualified, well, you got to get yourself locked on right away. I mean, just listening to the five points about manhood, I mean, right there, uh, I'd get that book right away and devour it and, uh, and just start pursuing while you have all this extra time. Some of you are at home. You've lost your identity because you don't have work. You're hanging around your wife and, and uh, a little too much, and you're seeing some of the stuff she goes through, and the kids are bugging you. Uh, First, I'd encourage you, in this new environment of stress, don't react. Don't react to what's going on. Uh, respond. Let, let your family see you as a responder, not a reactor. Because a reactor, you'll be moved by your emotions. You watch something on the news. You get all fearful. Uh, they don't need to see fear in your life right now. They need to know, you're, you, obviously, you have concern, but you're wisely going to lead them through this. So be careful about, you know, just freaking out. Because if you do that, it all runs downhill. And second thing, a lot of you turn into the drink to kind of calm yourself because of fear. And that will come back to bite you. Last week in America, liquor sales went up 55% for just like regular alcohol and 75% for hard liquor. Um, in the area I live out here in Colorado, Someone sent me a video of people's trash, you know, and their recyclables. And there's so many alcohol bottles and liquor bottles, and people are laughing about it. Well, it's it's not funny because of what alcohol, when you're drunk, uh, can impair your ability to make decisions and also cause insecurity for your wife and children. And some of you just act plain stupid when you get all liquored up. So as a false sense of courage, instead, why don't you just look at the scripture and challenge God to help you? Say, God, you're, 
your Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but yet I, I feel afraid. So what's wrong? And I'd say, keep reading that scripture. He ain't giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And man, humble yourself sometime. Get on your knees and ask God for help and guidance. You know, I, I, I think of a friend who was right in the middle of a huge, he was actually, uh, he was bidding on rebuilding a power plant in Iraq. So it was worth, the deal was worth about 700 million. It's a friend of mine, he's from East Texas. He's a high school graduate, never went to college. And he's up on a high rise in Houston and he had built his little business for fabrication and uh, pretty good. But he felt intimidated because of all these lawyers and attorneys from another group that were putting the pressure on him. And uh, he ended up going in the restroom, he excused himself, went in the restroom, kneeled down in a stall and cried out to God. He said, Lord, why, why are you making me do this? Why, my, I'm happy with my life. Why would you want me to take on something? And, and you know, the truth was, because the Lord wanted to funnel money through him, through this contract that he was gonna win. And he had, he cried out to God, he went back in and he, and he was bolstered with a level of confidence and power that only could come from God. And he just said, gentlemen, look, I know y'all threatening me with all this. He goes, but it falls down to one thing. If God wants me to get this bid and this contract, I will. There's nothing all of you can do about it. And you know, uh, by God's, cause, cause I mean, I probably shouldn't share all this, but, uh, it, it was, a. Uh, it was a company that had complete control over every generator that he would need to finish this project. And they were bidding on the job too. And they had threatened him. They said, we won't let you buy one anywhere in the world, nor use. Uh, and you'll, you know, you'll fold your company. You won't be able to fill the, the contract. But I actually had a friend who was in a pretty key position. And when I told him, um, some things got shook in a week. I think it was a week later, they all met again. And this aggressive, huge corporation ended up telling him, sir, any way we can assist you in completing the contract that you're going to win, we'd be happy to. And only God can do stuff like that. So, man, here, here we're talking huge. What is God in? requiring of you and how can he help you in your your current situation with this he'll give you power and it's power ultimately to be a witness just like in the book of acts and uh when you're concerned about what you need to do quote the scripture philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and look fellas i know some of you you know think it's all easy road for me it's not i get challenged there are times when I'm prepping for a trip where I know where I'm going, people want to kill me, and certainly hurt my feelings. Me and my wife recently were on Iranian TV because of one of our colleagues, uh, and we took a stand uh, saying that the death of General Soleimani was a good thing. Uh, and uh, our colleague that we ended up doing a video on, it had millions and millions of views, and it made it to Iranian TV. And here we are, our face plastered on there again. We chuckled. I said, Lord, uh, but there are times when I'm prepping to go do something, and I'll wake up at 2 in the morning, 
I'm just being transparent real with y'all. I wake up in the morning and start pacing the floor, going, Lord, why? Why, why do you want me to go back? You know, um, how many close calls did we have? How many times have been, you know, should have died? I know you were there with me, but this time, I mean, can't we just do something else? And, and my wife, she'll wake up and look at me and go, honey, you believe the lies, the enemies shooting in your brain? I said, I, I don't know if I'm believing them, but we're having a conversation. And she always says, stop negotiating with the devil. Take your thoughts captive. And then she'll tell me, hey, uh, go ahead and use scripture. I'm like, that sounds good. The only one I got to mind is Mary had a little lamb. And I'm not sure that's Old or New Testament. My wife, she'll chuckle and say, come on. She'll, she'll lob me a scripture underhand, like throw me a little grenade, and I pull the pen and then throw it. And uh, kapow. And then my mind starts to change. So just go make sure your coping mechanisms are healthy uh, when you start getting stressed out so that you're going to the Word of God. Don't go to a bottle. Don't go to something that's going to mess you up including going to the internet, looking at the porn, there's going to be a, a sharp increased um, usage of that right now because of what's going on. And fellas, don't ever try to justify your sin. If you're thinking, well, you know, we're not getting along with my wife and, and I, I just need this for me. And no, you don't. I mean, invite the Lord into that time. You think he wants to sit there and watch you? look at porn and uh you should have uh such love and a sound mind on over this and power over sin like that that you could go to a porn convention and not be stumbled and my wife and i and our team we actually did we went to a uh the national point we've done a couple times one time we had a boot there because we were reaching out and trying to share god's love and hope and help for trauma in the mind and uh, because, you know, a lot of girls in that industry, they have, they've gone through extreme trauma. So don't believe the lie that you can't stop or, you know, you're justified to do this. Understand your value. Because a lot of you, I just, I just really believe this. A lot of you sit there at home and you go, well, I'll never be a General Boykin or Chuck Holton. Or, but it, you know, God hasn't called you to be. He's called you to be the man, the thumbprint for you to be who you are in your time. And this is it, fellas. Read the scripture, believe it. Get a battle buddy. Uh, you know, you gotta have one person you at least text the call and go, man, I'm struggling. Or, man, I'm, I'm all, I'm wrapped around an axle and oh, the wheel's gonna fall off with our economy and I don't have a job and God'll provide. God will provide. Last thing I'll say, and I hope it encourages y'all. Uh, I was in India. And I had a good friend who uh, started a, uh, an orphanage there. He, and he's an indigenous guy. He left a government job, would travel to slums and literally sleep on the ground. He had a newspaper he'd use to kind of cover himself. But when he started the slum, I went down, uh, this orphanage, I went down there. One day he had like, I think it was 50 kids in just one room trying to teach them English. And, and uh, I said, man, how do you provide food for these kids? And he goes, well, I really believe the scripture that, you know, the Lord will provide for us daily, daily bread. We seek him for that. And I'll never forget one kid I saw become an orphan. I mean, his parents were killed. He was like five years old. 
and Pastor Chaco held him on his lap. His name was Peter. And he was, he was patting his back hard. And the kid was crying. And, he just, and they're speaking in their dialect. And, and when the kid went off, uh, I said, what was that about? He goes, well, both of his parents are dead. He tried to stay at his house. Nobody wants him. So he came here. And I was like, my gosh, I've never seen a kid become a real, I mean, orphan in a way where there's no more family. There, there is, there's no uncle to go to, no aunt. And he said this, he goes, Victor, when you're born by the, how did he say this? When you're born in the fire of life, you won't be burnt by the heat of the sun. And he goes, he'll make it. And sure enough, he did. He's actually, now Peter's like, gosh, 20, 21. And uh, God's using them in great ways. So gentlemen, hey, hang tough, be tough. Don't become hard because of the situation. Lead well and uh, learn well from others and then pass it on. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, just being in the company of you men.